0: Love that sound thank you for ringing about carlita and welcome back i hope however that time was spent there was a sense of nourishment um dare i say ease or <laughs> inclining towards that uh as i said before we'll just move right into our sit for this morning so just invite each of us to allow the body to come into a posture that is supportive again it may be lying down it may be sitting Allowing there to be, especially in these initial moments or I minutes, mean, um, the opportunity to ground. Like, oh, yeah, this body sitting here in this class on this earth with this in breath, with this out breath. So much of it feels like our. Uh, there are so many opportunities, I'll phrase it like this, to, in the course of our, the busyness of our lives, or just the existential worry that it seems to be in the air we're breathing, to just come back home and rest, even if it's just for a moment. So again, in these initial moments of the sit, allowing ourselves to orient towards resting, resting, coming back home into the body, should I say resting in the bones, resting on the earth, resting in the sangha that's been running maybe 25 years, maybe longer, in a lineage that's been running for 2,600 years, and I name these, this is a way of availing, uh, inviting you to avail yourself of the lineage. This class of spirit rock, of the uh, Buddhist teachings. Again, it's a an orientation of the mind, of the heart, of the body. Yeah, I can rest here. Even if intellectually, the mind's like, "Yeah, I don't know. Can we invite the body? Can we find a place within ourselves that there's a sense of stillness? Uh, in the Peter Levine's training, they would talk about resting the attention, sort of a couple of inches behind the belly button, sort of the almost near the base of the spine, but in the middle there. And just allowing, if that feels helpful, just to rest there a moment. The powerhouse center, it's a little bit behind the dantian. Or is there another place within the body that you can locate a place of stillness? Even if there's a restlessness of energy or an anxiety or a myriad of other things that can be going on in the body, can we find that sort of still place? Last week, we spoke about, like I spoke about the, the clearing, the clearing and the dense busyness of our lives, the clearing and the dense busyness of the mind, of the body. Or even just to be considering this invitation to find a place of stillness amidst all the motion. And as um, what comes through as I'm talking is it's almost like resting in this threshold between the, the busyness, that may be pleasant or unpleasant. And the stillness. And in the course of our practice here, as we'll sit together and, and just in our lives, we kind of move between. But for this sit, you know, invite us to play with locating a place of stillness. And the image of a clearing may be helpful. Or this image of a threshold because there is it is stillness within motion. Right. We are dynamic beings. And permanence is a truth. Things change. Yeah, all that arises passes away. So directing our attention to kind of finding that place of stillness amidst all that arises, passes away. The the paradox. The doorway or threshold that we move between the stillness and the movement. Oh yeah, (laughs) this is how it goes. Can we soften into a place of rest knowing there'll be motion? So if this feels like a helpful or interesting anchor, by all means, allow the attention to kind of dwell in that place of stillness, feeling the edges of the movement. And if that does not feel helpful, let it go. And just allow yourself to just rest in the body, in the bones, in the earth element. That's sitting here or lying here resting upon the earth herself. Which is still and moving, right? It's that same both and. The relative stillness of the body, that's always moving. The relative stillness of the earth, that's always moving. We can kind of live um, within an awareness of both. So something to play with. Again, if it's not helpful, let it go. And just perhaps stay with the earth element and the body resting in the bones. There's nowhere else to be. There's nothing else to do. You've already committed your time, your generosity of heart to be here. And please remember, there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seats and we see how it is to be alive in this body, in this moment. Then it changes. Oh, thank you. wherever this sit went i'm glad that we all got to sit together um and today i kind of want to play around with a, a, a image that i was dropping in the in the guided meditation of um this threshold place sort of between stillness and movement um it is, as I said it's sort of the beginning of our time, it is. It feels like it's a strange time, folks that I've been speaking with and friends. It's just, a, it is a stressful time. Um, and how do we allow ourselves to s- come back home to find ground, to find a place of center, such that we can be uh, in, a mo- in in movement? The, another John O'Donohue line that I quote a lot. So I, I want to live as the river does, surprised by its own unfolding and in in allowing ourselves to kind of uh, uh abide in that water element as the as the river moves uh there's necess- a there's a necessity of kind of a surrendering and trusting and letting go and i think in you know, letting go is always sort of a challenging invitation right like letting go into what um and the grasping that can come but it's more i think uh, personally and more helpful ways, like if I can rest back into that which I know to be true within myself, that place of stillness, a place of trusting the uh, the qualities of the heart, things that we speak of so week after week, and being able to uh, believe in the trustworthiness of those truths. Yeah, the, the Buddha spoke of the the triple gems, uh, the uh, the refuges of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, And the Buddha taking refuge in the Buddha, the historical man of Siddhartha, offered these teachings through his own efforts, which some would say ha- occurred over eons in many lifetimes. So, truth that it, it is possible to wake up, and taking refuge in the Dharma, which is the truth, you know that which we know to be true. There is all things change, right? The impermanence, of the the lack of reality of a, of a self that we can locate within ourselves. but There are truths that we know and individually part of what I find so helpful and, and that the teachings can help support us in sort of understanding what's true within ourselves, being able to clear away the hindrances, the conditionings, the traumas that we've had through, um, whether it's just life in general, various uh means of of oppression or exclusory practices that we've endured in our lives Uh, just the very challenges of being human in this realm suffering comes yeah the first noble truth in this life uh, there is suffering how we relate to it is kind of the whole game understanding it and how we relate to it there are causes of it um and there are ways to release it and then as we show up week after week here in this class that we uh, there's a commitment to the path of understanding, personally, how do we find more ease? How do we find ways to liberate ourselves from the conditioning, from the concretization around um, our habits that don't serve us, that might have been uh, strategies created when we were young, very helpful when we were young, necessary, life-saving for some of us, not so great 10, 20, 30 years out. And part of our work, I feel, is we sort of come in one way, and then we start to understand, okay, how have we sort of contorted ourselves to fit circumstances that no longer are true and finding freedom within that place, which is not to say we're sort of living in the a place where the externalities are all set and working and everything's great. Like No, it's still hard, but th- through these teachings and the ability to slow down and watch the mind, to watch the habit patterns, to catch like, well, this doesn't actually serve me. The story I tell myself this uh, a friend I was speaking to this morning was speaking about there's a certain level of fear that we all sort of navigate in our lives, and sort of how do we hold that fear in perspective? And when we're kind of in the throes of trauma, developmental or otherwise, our, perspective, our fear perspective can be quite high. And being able to kind of pierce through our practice for a setting and checking in what's actually true, you know, Byron Katie's is it true? Is it really true? How do I know it's true? What if it wasn't true? as a way again of being able to liberate ourselves from patterns, habits that no longer serve us, and part of what I want to get to is sort of this way of looking at these times of reflection. It's winter, it's dark, it's cold. The body kind of naturally wants to kind of cocoon in, and yet life goes on um We sort of are still called upon to move about as if it was as if the seasonality was irrelevant and this sort of place of the threshold is kind of what's been bubbling up for me this week of how do we move through these doorways, both from our own stillness into the busyness, the doorway of just change that's coming sort of being in one stage of, of, uh, of our lives and moving into another, whether it's changing work or changing relationships or changing houses, or just uh, wanting to get out of a a sense of stuckness or pattern behavior It requires sort of an effort, and I want to play again with this image of um, passing through thresholds as a way of both ritualizing, contextualizing, and giving ourselves a sense of landscape of, oh, this is what's happening. So I want to share a little bit from John O'Donohue from his book, um, Bless the Space Between, and he writes about thresholds and change. So he writes... To change is one of the great dreams of every heart, to change the limitations, the sameness, the banality or the pain. So often we look back on patterns of behavior, the kind of decisions we make repeatedly and that have failed to serve us well. And we aim for a new and more successful path or a way of living, but change is difficult for us. We often opt to continue the old pattern rather than risking the danger of difference we are often, also often surprised by change that seems to arrive out of nowhere. We find ourselves crossing some new threshold we had never anticipated, like spring secretly at work within the heart of winter. Below the surface of our lives, huge changes are in fermentation. We never suspect a thing. And then when the grip of some long, enduring winter mentality begins to loosen, we find ourselves vulnerable to a flourish of possibility. And we are suddenly negotiating the challenge of a threshold. At any time, you can ask yourself, at which threshold am I now standing? At this time in my life, what am I leaving? Where am I about to enter? What is preventing me from crossing my next threshold? What gift would enable me to do it? A threshold is not a simple boundary. It is a frontier that divides two different territories, rhythms and atmospheres. Indeed, it's a lovely testimony to the fullness and integrity of an experience or a stage of life that intensifies towards the end into a real frontier that cannot be crossed without the heart being passionately engaged and woken up. At this threshold, a great complexity of emotions comes alive, confusion, fear, excitement, sadness, hope. This is one of the reasons such a vital crossing was always cloaked in ritual. It is wise in your own life to be able to recognize and acknowledge the key thresholds, to take your time, to feel all the varieties of presence that accrue there, to listen inward with complete attention until you hear the inner, inner voice calling you forward. The time has come to cross. Yeah. And this edge of sort of what is habituated, uh, concretized, through this threshold into possibility. And I love his invitation to just, wait, you know, can we allow, from the can we allow the mud to settle so the wise action can appear? I'll paraphrase it a little. But this cultivation of let's be still and an awareness that might be just below the surface again of the things that are in fermentation, things that are cooking and brewing that need space and time to Work their alchem- alchemical magic before they're brought into action. And so often we're, we want to be quick about it. Uh, well, I want to do this and let's make it happen. I want to change jobs, change relationships, whatever, or even change mindsets or have our health change. It's like, it, when does it ever happen on our own timeline? So, okay. So, how do we allow ourselves again coming back into a, a, a place of abiding at home? in the body, in the bones to rest there, to be able to pay attention enough to listen to the inner calling that will say, okay the territory is now known enough what the heart is longing for has been clarified enough such that we can then move in, move into action or make a change Uh, there's a poem I've shared before and I love it, I'm going to share it again Um, by David Wagner, it's called At the Door and it's kind of long but um bear with me all actors look for them the defining moments when what a character does or what he is the script may say he goes to the door and exits or she goes to the out the door stage left but you see your fingers touching the doorknob closing around it turning it as if by themselves the latch slides out of the strike plate the door swings on its hinges And you're about to take that step over the threshold into a different life. For the audience, you may simply be disappearing from the scene. Yet in those few seconds, you can reach for the knob as the last object on earth you wanted to touch. Or you take it warmly like the hand your father offered once in forgiveness and afterward kept to himself. Or you can stand there briefly as bewildered as by the door of a walk-in time lock safe. Stand there and stare. The whole concept of shutness, like a rat whose maze has been rebaffled overnight, stands still and quiver, unable to turn around or go left or right. Or you can grasp it with a sly, soundless discretion, open it inch by inch, testing each fraction of torque on the spindles on tiptoe, slip yourself through the upright slot and press the lock style silently back into its frame. Or you can use your shoulder or the hard heel of your shoe, a leg thrust to break it open. Or you can approach the door as if accustomed to having all barriers open by themselves. You can wrench aside this unauthorized interruption of your progress and then leave it ajar for others to do with it what they see fit. Or you can stand at ease and give the impression you can see through this door or any other door and have no need to take your physical self to the other side or you can turn the knob as if at last nothing could please you more, your body language filled with expectation of joy at where you're going, holding yourself momentarily in the posture of an awestruck pilgrim at the gate, though you know you'll only be stepping out against the scrim or a wobbly flat dabbed with a landscape of scribble leaves, a hint of flowers, the bare suggestion of a garden. And the ways in which we can make choices about being intentional of how we move through thresholds, how we move through spaces. Another book I talk about all the time and we spent a lot of time with this fall, The Parmes Crossing Life's Floods, written by Ajahn uh, Su, uh, Suchita, an online book. Um, but this way of we're sort of crossing over into a place of um, truth, you know, where they abiding in the heart The the parmes of the heart, the perfections of the heart. These are areas of truth that we can reside when we are tired of the motion of our lives to be able to come back, rest, and then notice what thresholds do appear and being deliberate and intentional of how we move through them. But I think it's that more, more important place of slowing down to even notice, oh, there is a threshold here and taking enough time to wait and understand the, with the fullness of our understanding, capacity, before we then take the action, yeah, of, of crossing over. Uh, to We look with uncertainty by Anne Hellman. We look with uncertainty beyond the old choices for clear-cut answers to a softer, more permeable aliveness, which is every moment at the brink of death. For something new is being born in us, if we but let it. We stand at a new doorway awaiting that which comes, daring to be human creatures, vulnerable to the beauty of existence, learning to love. Yeah, a little heavy-handed on the metaphor here of doorways, but this way of perching ourselves or leaning back into, oh, let's pause here and rest and listen. Every moment is a death and a birth. And in, in the in breath and exhale, that slowing down enough to notice how is it here in this terrain of the body and the heart and the mind? Allowing there to be a slowness or a slowing down to arrive when possible at a place of congruence. Oh, this I know to be true. The mind is all over the place. The heart may be buoyant, but somewhat hard to access. The body's tired. Okay. These are just acknowledging, this is how it is in this form. Okay, to rest there without needing to fix or change or perseverate or get caught in all the stories about what and why and who. Oh, can we just rest here and be quiet? Yeah, allowing the mud to settle, allowing there to be that clearing in our lives as a way of um, dropping into and finding ways of nurturing of slowing down, just of resting. Even if for our lives may be varying degrees of busyness, but there's a kind of a, can be a palpable energy of again the air that we're breathing, it's like really kind of the existential worries that are in the world that can agitate our systems. Yeah, and kind of keep us perpetually in movement. And that movement can be a kind of a false refuge, whether it's like being really busy and really productive or sort of getting lost in the world of online or social media or all the different ways we can kind of appear busy, sometimes very like productively, we can feel good about it. And sometimes it's like, oh, wait, is there a moment or a pulsation of distraction away from what might actually need our attention? Uh, okay. There are a lot of poems on the same theme here. Threshold by Maggie Smith. You want a door. You can be on both sides of at once. You want to be on both sides of here and there, now and then, together. And what did we call the life we wish we would wish back? The old life, the before, alone? But any open space may be a threshold, an arch of entering and leaving, crossing a field, wading through nothing but Timothy grass. Imagine yourself passing from and into, passing through doorway after doorway after doorway. And this pacing, of, um, imagine that we are constantly moving through, passing doorway after door, doorway, invites in a sense of intentionality of, where am I going? And again, taking stock of the landscape, the terrain, both internally, this heart of mine that may feel weighted, it may feel it, uh, buoyant. This body may feel strong, may feel broken, both at the same time. The mind may be steady, busy, right? These are the currents of our lives, but the gift of being able to slow down enough to pay attention, oh, yeah, but on this side of the doorway, it's like this, before I cross over, can I check in? This is what is true in the moment to moment, and then leaning back into, again, the sense of what do we know to be true about our own sense of being in the world, how we want to show up, what supports us in making those choices of Uh, what's important and what matters, what we orient towards. Um, um, Let's read. (laughs) One more. Aptly called Threshold by R.S. Thomas. I emerge from the mind's cave into the worst darkness outside where things pass and the Lord is in none of them. I have heard the still small voice And it was that of the bacteria demolishing my cosmos. I have lingered too long on this threshold, but where can I go? To look back is to lose the soul I was leading upwards towards the light to look forward. What balance is needed at the edges of such an abyss? I am alone on the surface of a turning planet. What to do? But like Michelangelo's Adam, I put out my hand out into the unknown space, hoping for a reciprocating touch. Reciprocating connection that's both tangible and known, the connectivity that I invited in in the arriving sit. What can we actually connect to in the manifest world? What do we connect to in the more spiritual realms? Yeah. Our guides and uh teachers. The doorway by Linda Eve Diamond. Trapped inside myself, I heard your voice, the gentle offering you placed in the doorway. You offered to listen. I opened up just a little. You stepped so softly as if entering a place of prayer. You didn't look for a light switch or bring a flashlight, open the blinds, or try in any way to illuminate my space. You sat quietly beside me in the dark. I talked in stops and starts, being smothered as you listened. Becoming smothered, becoming smoother, sorry. I talked in stops and starts, becoming smoother, As you listened, you didn't jump in, preach or rant, judge me, entertain or chant. I unburdened, articulated and could feel my breath slowing. You didn't tweet or text, check your phone or update your online status to listening. I don't know when the door blew open, but a natural light filled the room. Through that generous open space stirred a breath of fresh, breathable air. As you listened, my thoughts began to clarify, opening to a knowing voice deep inside. You helped me find my voice, my center, and my smile. You didn't say, you didn't, you say you didn't do a thing. You simply listened. Thank you for all that you didn't do and all that you did by listening. And can we extend this to ourselves? Yeah, the way we want to fix and move and agitate ourselves, distract. Can we allow ourselves to enter our own dark space and sit and listen without putzing or fixing or orienting or judging or anything else? Yeah, it's a courageous and challenging act when the body's agitated or there's grief or loss, This is a courageous path that requires heart and an identification of what, what emboldens the heart. So we can lean into the community of this sangha. Uh, it's to feel the support of, okay, maybe I can turn towards um, those dark places. Okay. One more poem and then we'll move into a, um, a guided exercise. So this is one of my favorite. I certainly shared it before. Um, it's uh, David Wyatt's the old interior angel young male and immortal as i was i stepped i stopped at the first sight of that broken bridge the taut cable snapped and the bridge planks concertinaed into a crazy jumble over the drop 400 feet to the craggy stream i sat and watched the wind shiver on the broken planks as if by looking hard and long enough the lifeline might spontaneously repair itself but watched in vain An hour I sat in silence, checking each involuntary movement of the body toward that trembling bridge with a fearful mind and an emphatic shake of the head. Finally, facing defeat and about to go back the way I came to meet the others three days round by another pass, enter the old mountain woman with her stooped gait, her dark clothes, her dung basket clasped to her back, the small feet shuffling for the precious gold-brown fuel for cooking food. Intent on the ground, she glimpsed at my feet and looking up said, Namaste, I greet the God in you. The last syllable held like a song. I inclined my head and gla- clasped my hands in reply. But before I could look up, she turned her lined face and went straight across that shivering chaos of wood and broken steel in one movement. One day, the hero sits down, afraid to take another step. And the old interior angel limps slowly in with her no nonsense compassion, her old secret, and goes ahead. Namaste, you say, and follow. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And just allowing your tension and energy to come back into your body. And just feeling yourself in the bones resting upon whatever is supporting the body and to consider that sense of an inner darkness or a place that uh, maybe a challenge that we don't often want to look at and it doesn't have to be like the major most challenging place but just some place that all things being equal, you wouldn't necessarily ponder this place that may be just a place of some grief again, not epic or agitation or worry or restlessness or anger. I get it to also feel yourself with the support of the Sangha so no one's doing this alone. but allowing ourselves collectively to listen to that place and without fixing or judging as if we would sit beside ourselves in this place that is challenging and just being quiet, nothing to do, but listening into ourselves How is it just now in this body, in this mind? Is anything calling for your attention? You sort of sit together, listening inward, inwardly. To imagine our own version of the old interior angel, she walks in. Namaste, she says to us, the lined face bowed. Namaste, you reply. And imagining when the time is right it may be in this moment it may be in time in the future this old interior angel walks through the threshold into this next place maybe the place of just through the doorway into light maybe into that next stage that next job that next nothing that next moment Yeah. uh, Trusting this old interior angel as a guide, as companion, and as a wise elder that will stay with you as you cross this threshold, this doorway, the next doorway, and the next doorway that by pairing together the ability to be still and listen, there can be the space provided for this old interior angel to move through and guide us. Through this threshold, however we choose to turn that door handle, walk under that arch, step across that stream, To allow yourself to take in the details of this old interior angel to know this form that appeared as reliable, wise guide who can be called upon again and again stop here for today and just very much appreciate your kind attention.